Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, Jamie and I are going to share with you what you can do to stop suppliers taking advantage of you and walking all over your business. So let's get started. Good day, Jamie. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Rob. How about yourself? Yeah, good. good. I'm excited to be doing this show with you, actually, because this is the, I guess this is the whole reason that you wanted to create the Electricians Co-op, because you've got to be in your bonnet about the whole bloody industry. Uh, certain aspects of the industry. I think I'm standing up for a lot of electricians and hopefully it, it's rubbing off on a lot of guys and they're standing up for themselves on the back of what we're sort of talking about. Yeah, the idea is this is, uh, you know, our tagline that we created. This is Sparky's helping Sparky's and this is absolutely Sparky's helping Sparky's in the true sense of that tagline on today's episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about how we can stop well, what you can actually do to handle suppliers that are giving you a hard time and walking all over you. And we're going to talk about a couple of different things today. We're going to, first of all, kick off this show by talking about understanding what can go wrong and why. In segment two, we're going to talk about a couple of horror stories that you may be able to relate to. And we want to share these stories from an experiential point of view to let you know that Jamie is in the weeds doing this. His hands-on tools with him him and his team are doing it and dealing with the same problems you're dealing with each and every day. And, and I guess by you and I sharing these stories that listeners will be able to get a bit more of an insight on how to handle it and how to deal with it, right? Yeah, well, I've, I've uh, been on the other side of it and I've got to a point where I'm a little fed up and I've seen other electricians at the supplier getting walked all over. Not so much always in a bad way from the supplier, but they're probably reluctant to sort of go to the brands and sort of ask for compensation or money for, you know, going to back to jobs and having things replaced that's, you know, they've supplied that's faulty. So I've sort of heard a bit of that and, you know, I'm sort of standing up for myself and hopefully for other Sparkies. Yeah, let's give let's give that some context and you touched on it there. So th- this show today is really about you going out to a job installing it correctly, everything being fine, and then something being wrong with that job, the customer calling you, and then you having to deal with the the ramification of that call, whether that's to go back and fix something that you haven't done correctly yourself, or to go back and, and resupply something that has been faulty and broken. Well, that's right, I suppose. If you've supplied something and you've installed it, the client automatically thinks it's something you've done wrong. And it's almost your integrity if you don't go back. So Mm. I think you need to go back. You at least need to manage the client. And it's never the brand getting the phone call. It's always the electrician. Of course. And we're dealing with the client jumping up and down saying, you've supplied us a faulty product or, you know, a, a product that isn't so such of a good brand or whatever. So... We're sort of dealing with that, which is annoying in the, but that's all part and part of the business. But then we go to the wholesaler and ask for compensation to go back and replace the fitting. And usually the supplier will say, we'll supply another one for free. I'm like, well, so you should. Yeah. But can you compensate me for actually going back there to replace it? Mm. And that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. And I'm getting a little traction from doing that because they're not used to having electricians sort of jump up and down and say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. 
and they're sort of starting to listen, which is really good. Yeah, and I want to preface this show today, ladies and gentlemen, by saying that we're not here to bash anybody or say that anybody's doing bad things. Um, everybody has a, a policy that they have to operate within. Yeah. Uh, there's procedures that companies have to follow and all the jumping up and down in the world sometimes is not going to get you anywhere. So when you, as you're listening to this and, and you're hearing some of these stories on today's podcast, make sure you're you're kind of getting behind us, but you're not getting fired up about it and you're not going to go into your local supplier and chest poking them, telling them yeah. what you need to do and what should be done. We want to take a methodical and mature approach to this and not be hot-headed and fly off yeah. the handle about it, even though even though it seems like you're well within your rights to be a bit upset about it. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a, there's a way to do it mm. and by going into the supplier and fluffing your feathers is not the right way to do it. I think explaining to the supplier why you're asking for compensation because either, either it's money out of my pocket or the brand and usually the electrician's a smaller guy and the bigger guys sort of benefiting from us going out there and replacing their fittings. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the reason that we put this co-op together was to help electricians come together. So if you're hearing these stories today, make sure you take a little peek at your phone. And if you've got something to add to this conversation, just click on the button to the Ask Me Anything page and make sure you put your comments and your feedback there for Jamie and I. And the more comments that we get, the more feedback that we get, the more we can come together as a collective. And that collective has power. It has buying power, it has bargaining power, it has leverage. And the idea of this podcast and this co-op is to bring all of the electricians together so we have a little bit more clout in the industry and yeah. don't get walked over. Yeah, we need to stick together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I want to move off that point now and just on the front end of the podcast here, just kind of share with the audience some of the things that can go wrong if you do let a supplier take advantage of you. And I want to preface this as well. You guys and girls know that I'm not an electrician. You know, I've been in the digital space for a long time. I've built a lot of websites, run a lot of AdWords campaigns. And I can tell you from experience, I've been walked all over more times than I care to kind of recount. Oh. Um, and nine times out of 10 in, in my space, in my industry, I get walked on and walked all over because I buy into somebody else's BS. Mm. Oh, I don't have any money or can't you do it for a cheaper price or, you know. And I, I, the cynic in me says, well, can't you do it for a cheaper price? Well, I can do it for free, right? Yeah. But you want my family to eat and you don't want me to go broke or be on the street, right? And they're like, oh, well, all right. But yeah, can't we're not running charities. Yeah, apparently we are, according to the customers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it happens in every industry is what I'm trying to highlight there. And, you know, the, the ramification of you being having someone take advantage of you uh, is very clear and the, and the very first thing for you guys as tradies is it's costing you money by sending somebody back to the job right yeah totally well that's well that's the the main point is the fact that i need to send a guy to a job to replace a fitting that was supplied by me but not made by me yeah. so if it was installed correctly why am i footing the bill to send a guy to replace it even if it cost me a hundred dollars yeah all those hundred dollars add up to big money at the end of the year so I'm sort of going to suppliers, well, just compensate me in material. I'm not asking to make money, just as long as I'm con compensated for our time. And a lot of companies are coming to the party because a lot of wholesalers, it's that difficult conversation where a wholesaler needs to go to the supplier and say, you know what, we've got a faulty fitting. Mm. They don't just want another one. They want two to make up for the labour for them to go out there and replace it. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So the first thing it's doing is it's costing you money by sending your guys out there and that has an impact on your business. The next thing it's costing you is time because well, those things can be like painful to troubleshoot. And if you've got to go back there to troubleshoot at first, then go and get the fitting and then go back there again. You end up going back there a couple of times. Hour, it's hours. And yeah. It's not just time spent doing that job, it's time lost on other jobs. Mm. 
And not only that, it's the opportunity that you could be building your business elsewhere. Opportunity than, cost is massive, isn't it? And I know people appreciate you going back out there and replacing your fitting, although it wasn't made by you, mm. and that's your integrity. However, there is a lot of the companies do have a warranty service, but it's not prompt. Yep. So there is a process that need they need to go through. So what I've been trying to do is sort of go beyond that and get it done and replaced and then asking for compensation myself through the supplier. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a fine balancing act of your time and your resources versus the customer being happy. And that's really the third point that I've got on the list here that you've written down is effects on your reputation and integrity. I mean, if a customer call, if you've been to a job last week and he calls you this week and goes, hey dude, this thing's not working and you go oh well it was working fine when i was there what do you want me to do about it it almost turns into an argument and most oh people say it's a loose wire it is never a loose wire really well, it's rare. i've never had a loose wire the custom, from a fitting the customer might be a loose issue. wire that's right <laughs> but the last thing you want to do is to turn into an argument or pointing the finger on whose fault it is i think the key is once you get a faulty fitting you ask the client to send a video of the a flickering light or light not turning on or whatever it might be you send that off to the supplier then you act on getting a replacement, going to get it replaced yourself, then trying to get the compensation back from the supplier. Yeah. And that, that sometimes turns into a bit of an argument on like, oh, you buy this material, you know, like it's rare that you get a faulty um, light, PowerPoint switch or whatever it might be. Hmm. So they expect you to do it for free. Yeah. And I do understand if you're going back to the job anyway to do something else, occasionally we do wear that. Yeah. But if I'm making a special trip to go out there to replace something, I expect to be compensated. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Do you do you have a, like, an automated system in your business for something like that? If there's a fault and somebody calls you, can you say, hey, just pop over here to this webpage and, and uh, fill in the form there? And That's where you may come in this year, Rob, but um, we don't at the moment. Um, all the calls come to me because mm -hmm. it is a customer service and I want to obviously highlight the fact that I actually do care. I yeah. want to have, make sure that everything's working. And it, obviously with anything, there are faulty lights, PowerPoint switches. Stuff goes wrong. Things go wrong, that's yeah. right. There's things that you buy, you pull them out of the box, they're damaged. And I suppose, yeah, I do get that the supplier will replace them, but I think the key is aligning yourself with good brands. Yeah, that's, well, stopping it before it starts, <laughs> right? There, there it is, there it is. That's that's good stuff. It's in, important information to know there on the front end. And we're just going to take a little, uh, a snappy little break here and we'll come right back and we're going to share a couple of horror stories that are going to make you roll your eyes and shake your head. exhaust fan issue it seems like a bit of a, a thorn in your side it's a, like an annoying story ladies and gentlemen we got a couple of stories here that jamie wanted to share with you because you would have been in these very similar circumstances before as electricians and you understand what happens and how to deal with customers and, and how to deal with the suppliers as well but we want to share these stories with you because we want to share the lessons that have been learnt in there as well. And if you've got some lessons to share as well, we would love to hear from you via the Ask Me Anything pages. So make sure you just take a little peek at your phone and use that link as you're listening to this podcast and listening along and type your questions and comments in there because we want this to be a two-way interaction, not just us on this side of the microphone. So let's let's hear it, mate. What, what happened with, this, with that damn exhaust fan? Um, well... I think everyone has a bit of a bee in their bonnet about exhaust fans. They never work as well as they say they will. 
and I had this one situation at a job that we did in the Southern Shire where, we, where we're from. Anyway, on the box, the box said that this fan would be adequate for this size bathroom. Anyway, so we obviously double-checked that. We've installed it. You know, the job's finished. It was through a builder. Anyway, the client's moved in, and the client's saying, my fan isn't working. And obviously the first thing is, is it spinning? Does it feel like it's sucking? Then I'm asking them to put a piece of tissue paper up against the fan to see that it is actually it's pulling working. air from mm -hmm. the bathroom into the um, duct. And it was. So anyway, we went out there. We assumed it was a faulty fan. We grabbed another one. This is before even contacting the brand, which I won't mention. Anyway, we replaced the fan. We took the other one back. We got a credit. So that was first visit. Then anyway, the client was still having the same problem. So we got the bigger version of that fan, which was enough to do three of these small bathrooms according to the, what it said on the box. How big was the bathroom? Uh, it was probably one and a half by three metres. So it was like an ensuite. Small, of, yeah, tiny. It was, it was really little. Mm. Anyway, so I've contacted the fan supplier and they've said, well, it's all about the position of the fan. The, sh the client's having showers that's too hot. Turn your shower down, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so the, the, the rep was just trying to justify the, f the fact that it wasn't the fan, it was actually the client. Mm. Anyway, so we put the, the larger fan in and the fan, uh, so the fan was working better. However, the client called us back and said, the fan's still not you know, removing all the steam and you know, I've got to wait 15 minutes to do my makeup after a shower to go to work. So anyway, I've contacted the fan company again. He'd come out and he looked at the fan and he could see water dripping from the fan cover. Mm. So what was happening is the, the steam was coming up into the fan and was blowing into the duct, but because there was air blowing into, cold air blowing into the duct. Condensers. Mm. It was condensing and dripping straight out of the fan. Mm. And I sort of said, well, it's, it's a fan issue. It's not our problem. Anyway, he goes, well, it is your problem because you've installed it pretty much. And what he said was, how about you install a different type of fan, which is an inline fan? I said, okay, well, if you're happy to foot the bill and have it installed, if that's best for the client, go ahead and do it. And he said, well, that's not in our policy to do that. They'll be on you, but you can charge the client additional for that. Well, hang on a minute. The client's like paid like, for it already. Yeah, and the client's already paid for it. And we've it, was, it was a really good brand as well. And I said, mate, I'm not prepared to do that. Mm. Anyway... So anyway, we ended up replacing the fan to an inline fan ourselves at our own cost. And I said to the, the company, I said, well, can you at least compensate us with a few fans to make up for the multiple visits that we had? Mm. Anyway, he sort of goes, mate, how about next time we do a, you do a large exhaust fan job, we look after you with the price. I'm like, mate, you know, how many fans do you put in a house? Like four max. Yeah. How are you going to really look after me? How about you look after me now? Yeah. Buy a lot of your product. So anyway, we... Um, we got the job sorted. The client was really happy with the inline fan. It was working really well. So we'd been there four times. And you solved the problem we though? Solved, we solved the problem yep. ourselves. With a different brand or the same brand? Same brand. Different version of a fan. Dif different version, different type of fan. So mm. rather than a, a fan that sits on the ceiling and blows from, uh, sucks from there, it's a, a fan that sits in the ceiling and sucks from the ceiling rather than sucks from the surface. Yeah. So we got that one sorted. Anyway, I, I was at the supplier saying to the guys there, I said, did such and such come in and you know offer us any sort of compensation? Anyway, apparently the the rep came in and said, "Can you check Proimage Electrical's history and ask them ask how many fans have actually bought? They how bought, many of our fans? They bought forty two fans last week. 
But the, the, <laughs> That's my, when he was going to compensate you when you had that sort of numbers, right? It doesn't right? matter how many fans I buy. Exactly. The fact is that they were supplying a faulty product and they wouldn't replace it. There you go. So we no, no longer use that fan. So if we, inst- we install maybe 100, 150 of those fans a year, yeah. they're now getting zero from us on the back of that. All they because of that attitude. Yeah. It was, it was a really, really bad experience. Mm. Do you think that that person was deliberately belligerent towards you? Because it sounds belligerent like, well, it's not my problem, it's your problem. That's like, yeah, well, just putting it on. Wanted, was that deliberate or was it just kind of... I think the last thing they want to do is put their hand up and say, yes, it's our product. Mm. And the last thing I want to do is put my hand up and say, I'm at fault. So where is the common ground there in the middle? I honestly believe that the... the, the the companies are so large that they should have something in their policy to allow for this. Like mm. We're loyal to them. Why can't they be loyal to us? So I'm not using that fan any longer. And I've relayed to the supplier that, that the rep was really, really difficult to deal with. Mm. So they're going to be even more reluctant to buy their product. Yeah, yeah. That makes it even harder for that person as well, yeah. like that as well. That's an interesting story because you're, kind of, you're kind of caught in the middle of it. Yeah, well, the, the the client was ringing me. They weren't ringing yeah. the, the fan company. Yeah. I was on the brunt. So it wasn't only the four visits from us. It was the embarrassment from the builder. Mm. They thought, oh, you've supplied this dodgy fan. Yeah. Um, for the client, seeing us come back, people in the surrounding area seeing vans pop up every week to replace the fan. Okay, what's wrong? You know, what have these yeah. guys done wrong? And that's unmeasurable. Yeah, they're fair questions, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for... It was almost like I was being annoying to try and get this this fan fixed. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've gone to the supply guy, mate. You know, like this is embarrassing for me. You know, like you're mm. not getting the phone call. I am. What was the what was the cost of replacing it with the inline fan versus the other one that you had there? Was there a big price difference? Oh, I was probably oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it might have been an extra hundred dollars in supply cost. So, to do. so all of this is over a hundred bucks. Yeah, well, that's the thing, but. Not to mention the labour, you know, yeah. we've been there and obviously stuff that we can't measure is our, you know, yeah. the time wasted on other opportunities and reputation with yeah. people in surrounding houses seeing us coming and going, replacing these fans, you know. So we got it sorted and the client's obviously very happy that we accommodated. They would have loved you. Yeah they, were, yeah, they were really happy that, you know, they worked and they knew it cost us money, mm. but they were just happy that there was a solution. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well... If somebody's caught in the middle of something like that, Jamie, I think it would be very easy to kind of get a little bit upset and it would be easy to raise your voice and threaten and, I'm not using this ever again. I'm, uh, what, what would you say to somebody that was in caught in between a rock and a hard place like that? What would be the best way to, to handle that? I think explaining, before you get upset, explaining the scenario on why you want to be compensated. Mm. Um, if you're sending a guy there and say he's costing you $60 an hour, by the time he gets in his truck, mm. he drives to the job, he puts the fan up, he goes back to the next job, he drops the other fan off. All those little things add up to a lot of money. They do. And I think if you highlight that and make the supplier really understand how it's taking money out of your off your bottom line, they sort of understand. Because I see a lot of guys just taking the the faulty fan back and replacing it and you know walking away yeah just no questions asked no questions right? asked swap the and thing the over and the suppliers are just yeah. so used to doing that yeah and I've sort of I'm being the sort of guy that sort of stood up for everyone and go you know what let's make a change mm. when I hear that story and I and I hear you talk about that I, I feel like I can't help but be a little bit cynical it's as if those folks are using you as their bank yeah like mm. you're not somebody else's you're not their free installer no you're not, but but 
because you're not speaking up and people are not speaking up about that, you end up being that free installer, which really is ending up financing their business. Don't be those suppliers, banks, and don't finance their yeah, business. But that comes from- back to our later point is align yourself with companies that will stick by you. Yeah and help you in those sort of sort of situations. They're loyal to you and you be loyal to them. Yeah, absolutely, that's good stuff. All right, story number two, you've got some garden lights that draw more power than advertised on the box. So you install a thing, doesn't work, and then you've got to go back there, try and figure it out, then go, hang on a minute. Yeah, so we install a lot of garden lights and obviously they say that you should have a transformer that's got 10% capacity still within the transformer for you know tolerances. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I won't mention the brand because I don't want to affect the brand of this company because they are a good brand, but they were advertised as 7 Watt. Anyway, we got a transformer to suit 7 Watt. So we had three lights, three times seven was 21, so we got a 30 Watt driver. Mm -hmm. Anyway, quite simple install, you know, like wired the lights, put the driver in, sorted the switch out, and they weren't working, they were flickering. So anyway, I'm like, why are these flickering? I've got 21 (laughs) Watt of light. Mm and I've got a 30 watt driver. So anyway, so I've taken the driver away, I've put on the first light, it was working, put on the second light, so all the lights were working. Anyway, so I went to the supplier, I'm like, must be a faulty driver. So I went into the supplier, got a, another 30 watt driver of a different brand. Thinking that that's Thinking the problem. Thinking it might've been yeah. the driver. Anyway, I've not to mention, I'd actually called a couple of other guys about this situation. I'm like, what do you think I should do? rather than waste time going and get the driver. I asked a few questions first, including yeah. the supplier. Yep. Anyway, so I've come back to replace the driver, still flickering. Anyway, meanwhile, the client and the landscape is there just looking at me going, okay, what have you done wrong? And I'm like, this is the embarrassing part. Mm. This, is your, this, is, this is your reputation. This is your reputation. Yeah. It's, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And you should, as a tradesman, you should potentially know every answer. Yeah. yeah. You know, so anyway... I've contacted the the company that we got the the lights from. Anyway, the rep who is really, really good, might I add, said the latest batch of these lights, although advertised as seven watts, is actually 12 watts startup. So it didn't say that anywhere in no instructions. But it's up to the little guy like us to learn that the hard way. Well, how come you didn't like get that in your mind from the installation it's just there's just no possible way that you could have known that there's nothing there's nothing on the box there wasn't an additional sticker on there to say hey guys or you know it's 12 watt startup you're not crazy allow for a bigger driver (laughs) or whatever so we put a i think it was a 60 watt driver on and they work perfect yeah nothing wrong with them yeah so and i said to the the rep i'm like why isn't this advertised why is it up to us to learn the hard way Mm. we're the guys that's going out there doing this job and if Mm. i didn't make this phone call i would have got got another 30 watt driver another 30 watt driver assuming it's that because there was no yeah. reason for me to think otherwise so anyway they they said that was a bad batch of those lights and they're now rectified but we learnt the hard way and mm. i sort of went to the supplier saying why are we the guys on the out in the field learning the hard way yeah why from your mistakes the, yeah, yeah. Lots, yeah. yeah and so, what was yeah. their response to that their response was i'm sorry the lights that came from overseas were a higher wattage we didn't know until until you guys are telling Until us. it's highlighted by you guys, yeah. And they were all right about it? They were cool. We buy a lot of their products, so they do look after us. So I did wear that one. Yep. And I did highlight the fact that I was really upset and embarrassed in front of the landscaper and the client. Yeah. But it's almost like on deaf ears, you know, like they don't... Stuff they don't they, really nothing they can do about well, it. There's nothing yeah. they can do. And, you know, I suppose I know that now yeah. through learning the hard way rather than advertising the fact that you need a bigger driver. 
Yeah, look, I think sometimes you end up in situations where there's just nothing you can do. If it wasn't advertised, it's not on the box, you don't know about it, then you've got to troubleshoot the problem. You're sort of scratching your head. Yeah. In the end, you ended up with two extra 30-watt drivers. Did you use them somewhere else? No, I, re- I returned them and got a credit for them. Oh, that's okay then. But if you weigh up the time spent, it was probably four hours, four or five, maybe five hours Gosh. wasted. Yeah. On a quoted job, you know, and not to mention that the stuff that you can't measure, which is, you know, the time wasted and your reputation and just the pure embarrassment of going back and back and back and trying to work out what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's wrong, actually. Well, that's right. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. That's the thing. Like, you're not crazy, man. It's like nothing wrong here. It's like... And I suppose another thing, you assume when you go to a supplier and you buy a product... They would know. Yes, they would know. They've done their research and they've... Mm. Make sure, they, Jamie, when you the take... data sheet. Yeah, make sure when you go out, Jamie, you use the 60... Don't buy the 30-watt one, and they're giving yeah. you that. It seems like everyone's learning the hard way, and it's costing everyone money. Yeah. Big money at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that's a good good story. All right, last one. Uh, last one for the horror story. And then we're going to, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, after this little story, we'll come on back and tell you how we can solve some of these problems and some ideas to get you thinking as well. So you've got a sensor that was uh, faulty and you had to consistently deal with these things. There was a bad batch of the sensors as well, again, from a supplier. Uh, Tell us about that, what happened? So a few years ago, a sensor that we buy a lot of, which I won't also mention the name of the company because they are a good company. um, We seem to be replacing a lot of these really good sensors, a lot, like failing. And prior to this period, we never had any that failed. And we use them because they're so reliable. Anyway, on this one particular job we done at Dover Heights, which from where I live, it's it's an hour away. In the city, yeah. Um, we had four or five of these sensors installed on this one job, which was on this one batch. Anyway, obviously they didn't go all at one time, but they were going one, then we're going back out there replacing it. Gosh. Then another one would go, then we go out there and replacing it. Then obviously the client's thinking, okay, what's wrong with these sensors? Yeah. Anyway, we got to like the fourth one. And I'm like, mate, I'm really sorry. It's a sensor that we use all the time and we've never had a problem with them. I'm really sorry. Mm. Anyway, he did his own research. Anyway, he Googled, I don't know whether he Googled the part number or like Googled, you know, this the brand, sensor, whatever it is, the yeah. brand, yeah. and it came up, there was a faulty batch of this sensor. Ugh. And the embarrassing thing was, why is the client telling the electrician that there's a faulty batch? Why aren't mm. I told from the supplier or from the brand? Yeah. So... They obviously gave us a free one to replace it. And apparently the supplier didn't even know from the brand that they were being supplied faulty sensors. So uh, the company apologized for you know what had happened, but obviously I'm not compensated for the cost. Yeah. So if you weigh up those three jobs in terms of what it's cost me, in terms of money value, mm-hmm. it's thousands of dollars that, you know, that's off my bottom line every every year. You know, the way that I describe that is it sounds like in the first the first one there that was that was a problem. The second two the second two it sounds like you were caught in the crossfire. Yeah. of something happening where these companies didn't really know what was going on and there's mistakes on their end. Look, nobody's perfect, no business or brand or, or individual is perfect. Mistakes happen and that's that's okay, but it shouldn't be at your expense. Yeah. And, and it always is. Yeah, and that's that's the problem right there, isn't it? You know, it's okay if mistakes happen and your gear's faulty. It's all right. It's, that's not a problem. I'm still going to use your gear. But if something's not right with it, then we need to be compensated properly to go and resolve it. That shouldn't be up to us to fix your mistakes yeah. and your problems. And, and that's all we're asking. We're not asking to make profit from going back to replace a light or a fitting or a fan. Yeah. Just 
cover costs. And I often say, say if it costs me $100 to go back and, or one of the guys to go back and replace a fan or a light or whatever it might be, just compensate me in material of the same cost. You're not even asking for a dollar value. You're not, it's not like no. you're submitting an invoice to them and say, no. pay that in seven That's days right. or I'm going to get a collector. And with with a like Hanico, we do a lot of work for and they're exceptional in terms of their customer service. Mm. We had a job the other day where we had a faulty um, floodlight that we needed a scissor lift to get to the floodlight. And they said, work out the cost of the, the install plus the scissor lift and we'll compensate you in downlights. Beautiful. So say if the job was $250, they'll give us X amount, uh, I don't know, say it's 25 downlights, but it probably only costs them $125 because it costs half. them five bucks. Yeah. And I'm happy, they're happy because yeah. they've got it solved and I'll be loyal to them on the back of it. Do you, do you uh, get more value out of receiving the product than you do the cash? Like, is those are those downlights more valuable to you than it's the actual just, 200 bucks? It doesn't matter. That's oh, the same it, thing. It, for me, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm compensated, it just shows that they appreciate our business. Yeah, yeah. Just to be treated a little bit kind of yeah. nice, right? Because totally. you're, you're stuck with them and you're working with them, so... It'd be nice to be treated nice too. Well, I wrote the headline here in this uh, in these notes here as we're getting ready for this podcast. Don't let him do it to you. <laughs> Don't let them do it to you. Don't let them walk all over you. And you must have been standing in the suppliers from time to time in the queue, watching people swap parts over, get replaced, walk out with their head down and their tail between their legs, just shaking your head, right? I was at the supplier the other day and everyone knows about wireless technology. Yeah. And it seems to be the fact everyone, wireless this, wireless that. And I'm not a advocate for it. And the reason being is it's tested in a laboratory or a factory or somewhere where the perfect situation for the item to work. Yeah. And out in the field where there's mobile phones, there's towers, there's interferences everywhere, it never works like it should. Mm. And the problem with that wireless technology is if I flick a switch and the light doesn't turn on, I might try it again and try it again. And if it doesn't work, guess who's getting a phone call? Yeah, the electrician. The electrician. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to justify why it's not working. The brand doesn't get it, mm. we get it. Mm. So I think the key is to use wide where you can. But the reason why I brought that up is I heard this young guy at the supplier the other day, I don't know, he's pretty early on in his business, and he'd spent four hours trying to get this wireless switch working. <laughs> Anyway, the box said it should work. Yeah. The supplier said it should work, but it wouldn't work in the field. Must be you, Mr. So Electrician. I'm, <laughs> so I'm like in the background sort of listening in on what he, what he's sort of going through and I felt sorry for him. Yeah. Anyway, he sort of walked away and I pulled him aside and said, mate, you should be asking for compensation for that. That is not your fault. Yeah. Anyway, not to mention the embarrassment and the time lost and all that sort of stuff. And he goes, yeah, I never really thought about it like that. And this him thinking he's don't crazy think about too. it. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking, okay, it's something it's I've me. done wrong. Yeah, it's not and you. You're trying to troubleshoot something that doesn't work. Yeah. And it's really annoying. And I felt sorry for the kid. Mm. And I think the key is don't be shy. Mm. If you don't ask, you're never going to know. So well, you just don't, ask. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? You, you don't know what their policies are. If you ask them what they are, they'll tell you. Yeah. And if you agree with that, great. And if you don't, well, that's yeah. great too. There's nothing right. you can do about yeah. it. But the point is to speak up and say yeah, something definitely. about it. So one of the things that you said here to stop this from happening to you as the electrician is to align yourself with the right types of uh, businesses and brands who have good 
a good reputation, they have great warranties, and they have great customer services. Yeah. Is there is there some that you want to mention? Because we mentioned here at the top of the podcast, we didn't want to bash anybody or say anything bad about anybody because nobody's perfect. But if you're working with some of these brands, and you mentioned one already, uh, and the listeners are like, well, that's all good and well, boys, but who do I use? So yeah. do you want to share a couple with us? Well, I put on Instagram the other day, I asked a question on one of my stories about something about this and i said what brand is everybody using mm -hmm. anyway probably 20 electricians of that follow us mentioned voltex right and voltex is an online brand or company that they supply material and they'll stand by their material so if they have a faulty product they will pay you to go and replace that product nice no matter what it is yeah good um, so a lot of guys are steering towards Voltex because of that. Mm. Um, but brands that we use and, you know, we're loyal to them and they're loyal to us, just to mention a few, Clipsal is obviously a big one, yeah. Hanico yeah. and Havit. They're probably the three that we mainly use. And in terms of customer service, I think the, the key is develop a really good relationship with the rep. Mm -hmm. So it's not purely business. You have a relationship with them, so you can call them up and say, I've got this product. Can you organize it? Can you do it for me? Can you sort it out? And they're usually quite willing to come to the party. Yeah, right. So when you've asked and you've got good relationships, yeah. they're pretty good about it. Yeah. Not like Mr. Fan Guy, Mr. Fan Rep, he wasn't so yeah. good about I've it. I've never actually met the guy, but I heard he's quite difficult. I've been to a couple of suppliers and asked about the guy, and he, they said he's uh, he's a little bit uncomfortable to talk to. So yeah, yeah it's, so it's, it's not me, it's he's you. He's got some history, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we might need to break up. Yeah, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> well, how, how do you develop a relationship with these sales reps? Because all they want to do is flog your stuff. That's a really, really difficult question. How do you develop relationships with them? I suppose staying in touch with them, letting them know when they've done something good as well as bad. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy that's ringing them, just hammering them every time. Yeah, because they won't want to pick up your call. Yeah, so like yeah. I'll occasionally send a, uh, a rep a photo of a job that we've done, like say it's garden lights, and I'll say, thank you, you know, thank you for supplying your garden lights great product thank you so much yeah that makes them feel good it's nice to receive the call like that 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah so I, I give them good feedback as well as bad feedback mm. um i try and balance it and sometimes you know you can't try and hammer them every time every now and again i'll wear them here and there yeah um because like you said everyone makes mistakes and sometimes you got to wear them you know for the sake of your integrity i think you go back on occasion particularly if you're going back to a job already and replace a light or whatever you just wear it um, but yeah, just positive and negative feedback. I think the positive part goes a long way to being able to make that phone call and give them some bad news or just say, you know, I've got a faulty product. Can you help me out and fix it? Yeah. And they usually like, they're quite responsive. Yeah. You know, I found in the past, just in, in life, if you ask someone for help, yeah. Hey man, I was just ringing to see if you could help me. Yeah. Yeah, sure. What do you need? <laughs> it's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. And and it's an open-ended sort of thing. Yeah. And and if you've got that relationship, and as you say, you've taken the time to say thank you every now and then to yeah. do that, they'll be much more receptive to it. It's good stuff. Jamie, do you know, you you, you might not know, but do you, if you do know, maybe you can share with the audience, like how many times a, a month would you go back to a job to replace something that's faulty? Is it two, three, ten? Well, with us at ProMage Electrical, um, we tr like I said, we try and align ourselves with good brands, but every now and again, there is a, a bad batch. Yeah. So if there is a bad batch, it could be 10 times a month. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then nothing if, if for three a, months. Yeah. and then Well, the thing is, if a light goes and it's out of one batch and you've got 100 lights in a house, gosh. they don't all go at the one time. They might go one, then the other, you know. Mm. So that can be a bit of a process, which is annoying. Mm. Um, but 
on average, it's probably once a fortnight to once a month, I'd say. So there's a real cost associated with it. Like if you add that up over the period of a year, you know, there's 50 or 100 jobs you might go to. Yeah. Well, I say to the guys, I'm like, well, if we can be compensated for that money by going to those jobs over and over and over again for faulty material, they might pay for one of the vans fuel for a year. Mm. You know, when you, when you look at it like that, that's real value. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. All right, last uh, last point here we've got for you, ladies and gentlemen, of don't let them do this to you, was, <laughs> you say this all the time. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them do it. You, you say it all the time, we're running a business, we're not running a charity, and you're in control, so don't let, and I like what you've, what you've written here because you've said don't let the wholesalers stand over you and create your reputation for yeah, you yeah. because your reputation is your own your own professional ability and all the things that you deliver to your customers that's yours that shouldn't be dictated to by some wholesalers who's not playing ball with you yeah. well by you jumping up and down or maybe not jumping up and down but going in there and saying I want compensation it's actually making their job more difficult mm. because they've got to send an additional email they've got to send you know, the product back, they've got to try and get more product. They've got to have those mm. difficult conversations rather than going, we've got a faulty product, can you send us another one? Yeah. It's so much easier to do that rather than send this long-winded email. And, you it's know, avoidance behaviour by it's, them, it's isn't so it? It's so much easier. And obviously they want their <laughs> yeah. job to be easier. Yeah. And we're making their job more difficult. So I think the key is obviously do it the right way. And if you've got a relationship with the rep, go straight to the rep. Mm. So just to cut out the middleman, I think that's the key. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I also like how you've said, just remember that we're running a business, not a charity, and your reputation is yours. That's not up to some crappy supplier giving you a hard time about something. Don't let them dictate your reputation ever. Yeah, we're the boss. Well, Jamie, this has been a, a fun podcast to do and it's great to hear some of your stories and stuff as well. And I know the, the folks that are listening would have got some value from it today. Have you got some final closing remarks that you wanted to add to it? If you ever get caught in this situation, just remember, if you don't ask, you're not going to know and yeah. don't be shy. We're business owners and we've got to stand up for what we think is right. And mm-hmm. if it is going to a supplier and politely asking for compensation, so be it. And I think the more people that do it, the more the brands will get used to us doing it and their warranties and policies will improve. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I was going to say as well. I would say that if we come together as a collective here on the co-op and this is happening all the time, that gives us a little bit more clout and a bit more leverage. If there's a thousand people that have come together and said, hey, listen, you know, this has happened a thousand times across a thousand different things. Let's, uh, let's work on that and we'll find a way to actually solve that problem and, and move that forward as well. And I would also reiterate that you're running a business, not a charity, so don't buy into other people's BS. Mm. You know, that, that cynical, cheeky remark when somebody says, hey, can you do this cheaper for me? Yeah, I could do it for free for you if you really wanted me to, but you know, you don't want me to starve, do you? I've got a mortgage to pay and family to look after. Just don't forget that you are running a business, not a charity. And it's really important to remember that and make sure you're charging exactly what it is that you're worth. Yeah, another thing as well, if someone asks for something cheaper, take something out of the quote. Don't just do it cheaper. Mm. Now, I think whether it be a different quality of light, a different quality of PowerPoint, less PowerPoints, less switches, less lights, whatever it might be, but just don't remove an amount off your quote without removing some of the work done. 
Yeah, I, the other the other adage that I kind of learned from Grant Cardone was, particularly in the digital space, it's a little bit different in that space to what you guys do, but you never lower your price, you always add value. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what you were saying, don't lower your price, just kind of remove some of the things out of there, which is the way that you're adding value. Yep. You're saying to them, hey, I can still do this for you at a lesser price, you're still getting the same result, but mm. this is how it's going to work, yeah. it's like that. It's good yep. stuff. All right, mate, that's uh, been an absolute... Uh, ripper of a podcast i think yeah, there's huge huge value in there a little bit of fun to close it out there as well mate if people want to connect with you what's the best way to do that uh probe is electrical at instagram mm-hmm. just follow us on there and send me any feedback or questions you have on there yeah too easy don't forget just to take a little peek at the show notes and all of the links are right there if you want to connect with me or ask me a question directly you can do that via linkedin that's my preferred social media mate that's been an absolute blast. fist bump to finish it off good, good stuff mate we'll see you next time good fun see, see ya mate. Just the-